systems go. Prepare for countdown. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Blast off to adventure in the amazing year 400 billion. Obscene, dirty, filthy, immoral. What are you people? On dope? Welcome to Jam Hole. Today is April 4th, 2020, doing something a little different. We've been uh, reaching out to some friends all across the, the nation here and the world. I guess we haven't reached out to the world yet, but keeping it within the country and just kind of seeing how everyone's doing during this quarantine time. A lot of people have a lot more time on their hands, just kind of sitting around. A lot of people going stir crazy because they're not used to it. Uh, some of us, things haven't really changed. Just, you know, we don't like going outside. So this is just like business as usual, you know? Just Other a lot. Than my like once a week or once every two week grocery trip, like this is the same fucking thing. Yeah. So uh, today we got our friend Ant Pruitt. He's uh, over on twit.tv right now doing some great content for the Twit Network. How you doing, Ant? Man, unbelievable, dude. You, um, I'm laughing at you because you're like, been reaching out to folks all around the world nah i reached out to y'all you ain't reach out to me yeah no yeah we we put it out on a couple episodes ago i think (laughs) and you were like hey hit me up and we uh (laughs) last week we talked to our friend joe cocazello i don't know an invite is what happened we sent out an invite and you responded (laughs) right do you do you and do you remember the old uh old podcast days when we were doing shows with like ear candy new york and uh stereo radiation like all those guys it was during that time long 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 time ago pre-ant pruitt a decade (laughs) (laughs) but uh when you use justin tv if you guys don't know me and ant used to cover a lot of tech stuff uh we worked together on a project for a new domain they sent us to ces uh we yeah been doing a lot of stuff like that back then and then i kind of stopped got into the weed industry and Ant, you just kept going i guess because next thing i know this guy's popping up on the twit feed i'm like whoa i know that guy <laughs> dude those were the days man that was um at least for me anyway it was cutting cutting teeth you know just trying to learn all of this shit and uh, figure out how to create content you were already in the thick of it because you already had the jam hole going and doing your uh doing your music so you 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 were already comfortable with it yeah it definitely gave me a good head start as far as being able to like be the producer of sorts and be able to take everyone's audio and make it sound into something somewhat coherent that people would would pay (laughs) us for and and all that um with like groovy post i think was the first one and then from there we went to a new domain uh when we were doing the i didn't get on the i didn't come in when you when you guys are doing groovy posts, I came in right as a new domain was starting. Right. And um, and then, you know, the rest is history, if we will, because some of it was pretty good and some of it was pretty shit tastic. But <laughs> most most of it was pretty good. You know, it's, it's a lot of the um, like I said, a lot of that stuff was just a learning experience and being able to meet up with you and, and follow you and see what you were up to and learn some shit from you because there's a lot of that stuff I, I knew nothing about but you know 
You and ended now up he's learning photo shit from you. So, hey. Full circle. <laughs> <laughs> you ended up doing, uh, it was called Aw- Awesome Photographers, Awesome Photography. What was that, the site you did for a while? Smartphone photography? Smartphone photography. You yeah, still do that? Well, community on uh, Google Plus. Man, I loved Google That's Plus. That's right. You remember Google Plus? Holy shit. <sighs> it was so good, but until, you know, Google stopped putting energy into it and, yeah, making it pretty bad far as you know what stuff shows up on your screen and the trolls and all of that stuff. <laughs> it, it, it had so much potential. And then they just and, shut it down, I think. Yeah, then they just shut it down. Yeah. And I was like, man, I, I was done with it, you know, probably a year before they shut it down because my experience was just so bad. I couldn't really enjoy anything people were sharing because it was showing me the same old shit over and over. Yeah. And couldn't find anybody that I gave a damn about. And I just said, forget Which it. is funny because they're a search algorithm that's supposed to know right. what you want before you shit. know you want it. And they're like, hey, have you seen this? <laughs> have you seen this? It's just like showing you the same cat picture. I only had it's like right. four or the five people old. on it. So I got to see the feed because I didn't have shit for friends on there. <laughs> so how did you make that transition you did did you hit up twit or did twit hit you up how did you end up in in petaluma dude i thought it was a prank quite honestly <laughs> um <laughs> i had um i responded to something on one of their social media posts you know just you know just giving them their kudos or whatever because i'm a fan always have been always will be and they hit me up in the DMs. It was like, well, you know, you don't necessarily have to be jealous of any of this. Uh, you, know, you could be a part of this. And I'm like, what? And um, so, again, I thought it was a prank. And I, you know, just sort of ha ha ha, you know, in my response, like, yeah, whatever kind of thing. <laughs> and the next day they hit me up again. It was like, no, seriously, let's talk. And um, I went to Phoebe and I was like, yo, I just got a message. I don't know if they're full of shit. I'm going to find out if they're full of shit or not. And sure enough, they wasn't full of shit. That's awesome. And the thing is, they actually wanted to grab me the year before. Um, but I, would, I wouldn't have come out last year. Well, the year before. Because it just wasn't time. just wasn't, wasn't right for me at the time. So, But it all worked out. Crazy. Everything aligned yeah. and you were able to make the move and everything. Yeah, other than, jeez, other than getting here and within a month, there was a wildfire. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't know what the hell that was about. And then the power the outages, because I, I was in NorCal when you were in Petaluma, and we were experiencing, like, the same PG&E nightmare. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. man. <laughs> like, what is this? You know, I'm used to hurricanes and tornadoes and flooding, but the wildfire stuff, that was a little bizarre. And then the Kincaid one happened you know, several weeks after that. And that was when it really sort of um, was a reality check for me because I got a message that said, you know, you need to have a go bag. And I never really thought about a go bag. You're like, the fuck um, did you guys get me into? Yeah, it was. Before Matt, I always had a go bag. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you guys did. But man, it was, it hit me when I went out to shoot one day. Um, Friend Liana from LA came up and she was like, let's go do a sunrise photo shoot. So we went to Sonoma mountain and I went up to do the little shot or whatever. And as I'm framing it up to get the sun in the background, I didn't like what I was looking at. So I turned uh, like 90 degrees to the right because it looked better. And when I'm shooting out there looking at it, it was glowing. 
And what that was was the fire Damn. off in the distance. And when you look at the shot, the sun is coming off from the left-hand side of the screen. So you got this light coming in. But the way you're looking at the shot, you're thinking the sunrise is in front of you. But that's actually the fire. And it just... It gave me this whole new perspective right there. And I was like, yeah, this shit's real. I'm in the thick of it. <laughs> the same yeah. Carolinas anymore. <laughs> Is that picture on your Instagram? Yeah, it's on there somewhere. Okay, cool. I'll fish through it and find it when I do the show notes so uh, we can put it uh, there at thejamhole.com. People can check it out. You do some pretty cool photography, though, for sure. Like, I was listening to some of your episodes and, like, just <laughs> I know stuff, but, like, you're explaining why and like what it's actually doing. Like I know I can move shit around and look at it and see what's <laughs> different, but you're like, yeah. here's why it's doing that. And so it's, it's really cool. It's, it's cool to hear. Man, I appreciate that. And I, I, when they, when they gave me this job um, and they asked me about doing the show, I told them I want to do it this particular way because when I started getting more serious about shooting, photographers were jackasses. They were jerks and just didn't want to, you know, help a brother out or give me any kind of insight or resources. And especially because I was shooting with uh, my Droid X. I had a point and shoot camera that was totally fine, but I liked shooting with my Droid X more. And they were just sort of poo-pooing me. And I was like, you know what? Screw this. I, I don't, I'll just go out and just sort of learn shit on my own. And that's pretty much what I did. I just, you know, stuck my head down and started that community and learning stuff from the people in the community and just kept practicing and practicing. And I always said, if I ever got the opportunity to share, I would just, you know, help people out and tell them, you know, how to, how to try to do this stuff in the simplest way and not necessarily worry about spending a shit ton of money, right? anything like that. And, I don't um, blame you because the Motorola's had dope cameras so mm-hmm. I don't blame you for being like, I'd rather shoot on this phone than this. Yeah, it was better than my camera. At well, the and that's, time. So that's what like, the whole why? smartphone photography thing was about was like, all right, you could yeah. go spend a bunch of money on this shit. But like, what are the chances you're going to have that thing on you when it comes <laughs> time to like take a shot that you really want to take? You're not. You're going right. to have your phone on you. So you better know how right. to use it. And it's so funny. I look at the stuff now. Um the culture that we were preaching, and I say we because you were a part of it too, Matt. The culture that we were preaching, it's now sort of the norm. Yeah. You know, almost 10 years later. And I'm like, we've been talking about this forever. <laughs> That's just how we saw it back then. Yeah. And it was and, just a fun thing for us. We all happened to like tech and we all happened to like taking pictures and yeah. shit. And we we're like, hey, we need another podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we did and had a lot of fun and started a little YouTube channel and. I got a little more serious about my YouTube stuff and putting tutorials out there just because people kept asking me shit, you know, how do I do this? How do I do that? And I was like, all right, I'll just do a channel. Here's the link. (laughs) That's where Matt went with the weed. He got all those fucking people. Hey, well, this and hey, that. You know what? I'm just going to put this shit up so you you don't have to ask me all the time. You can only answer the same question so many times before you're just like, and here's a link. (laughs) Yep, here's a link. (laughs) That's exactly what I do. That's awesome. Subscribe here. Boom. It's cool, too. It brought me kind of back around into photography when I started my glass shop and like learning how to do glass Mm -hmm. photography and stuff, which is completely different than anything I had been shooting previous to that because you have Mm -hmm. like this whole surface is reflective basically yep. you have to light it somehow and you then know like where the yep. light of that fire came from 
of Matt like re-jumping into photography. Mm-hmm. That was this that was the CES that I met you. Cause he had his mom's oh. camera. She let him take it. Oh yeah. And he EOS. just got down into it and was like, Yeah, this is my jam, taking pictures oh. left and right and up and down. And then the glass came along and he's like, Yeah, I'm gonna do this shit too. Cause I need to keep oh. using this camera because I'm having fun. And I, I remember you shooting it. It was the XL SL one. Is that what it was? It was the EOS XL something XSI, I think. But I, I just yeah. remember like people took you way more seriously when you had that giant fucking thing strapped to your <laughs> neck compared yeah. to like your phone or like even a mirrorless, which is what I mostly use now. But like just yeah. having that equipment like dangling from your neck, people are like, "Oh, this guy's fucking press. Let him in." Yeah, <laughs> right, right. It's it's so nuts, man. And I'm. Going glad that culture is changing a little bit um but but every now and then you still get a couple people that are treat you like you know there'll be a jackass towards you about all of this stuff and i'm like dude look i can shoot whatever i want with whatever i want as long as i just go about it from a fundamental and a composition standpoint yeah nobody's going to give a shit um people will email the show with their shots or whatever and um Every now and then when, when I'm doing my little pre-production and stuff, I'll start talking about it. And then I think to mention what they shot it on. And you probably have heard a couple of times I say, you know what? Who cares? It looks good. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who cares what they shot it with? It's a good looking shot. Are there so, enough pixels? That's all we care. Yeah, that's it. Forget it. Stop getting hung up on that. Yeah, you see that a lot in the glass community, too. There's a lot of like professional glass photographers that have invested a lot of time and money into all of this gear because they were doing it before you could do such nice shots with such minimal, you know, camera phones and stuff. And they're always poo-pooing it like, oh, well, that's fine for the Internet. But what if you have to print it out and put it on a billboard? Well, then it won't look very good. <laughs> it's like, because yeah. that's what they're doing. Putting True. theirs on billboards. Yeah. No, so well, that's shit. all they got left because now nobody needs them to put it on their websites because, well, they've, everybody's got a fucking smartphone. So it's just, boom, oh, I did it myself. Yeah. I mean, do people even use billboards anymore? You can't even go outside, so I don't see what the point <laughs> is. It's a down market now. Right. <laughs> Cruising down, travel down, toilet paper up. No one saw that coming. So how's shit? You're in uh, in Petaluma in California now. How's the transition been? Do you Are you feeling comfortable and home there compared to, what was it, North Carolina you were in? Yeah, we were in North Carolina. Um, for me, I felt at home, you know, pretty quickly. It was within a month. I felt at home because um, I don't know. I, I think I told you, but, you know, at least six, seven years ago, I was mentally in a transition of trying to get the hell out of North Carolina and move west. And I think I told you that my dream was to end up here in the Bay Area or up in Seattle and um, whether it would, was working for someone like CNET or working for someone like Twit or anybody. I just was my mission was to get out. And, you know, I talked to the family about it and we had our little plan in, in, in place. And of course, plans get blown up um, oh, yeah. all the time. So you get <laughs> these setbacks and we just sort of kept plowing away at it and when I got this opportunity, um, it, it was time. And 
when I look back at it, I was like, damn, it ended up being right on track for the time that we was hoping to be out here anyway. You know, it's just it sucked that it was sort of a up and down run kind of thing. But when I got here, I, I was I felt home, you know, probably within a month. The family, on the other hand, they battled with it a little bit and. Um, but they're good now. They're I mean, the, now. in in their defense, the family didn't have Twit furnishing them a nice plush <laughs> office to work from and all that shit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and I was concerned about all of that. It, the the biggest concern was was just letting the family know, hey, this shit's real. Um, when when you leave, this isn't like being two hours away, three hours away, yeah. five hours away. This shit's real. This is on the other side of the country. And the things that you used to be able to do, you're not going to be able to do from a social standpoint. So um, I needed everybody to take this seriously, you know, because I didn't want to accept the gig unless I had everybody's approval. Right. And um, they were all excited. And I was like, no, hold on. Don't get excited. (laughs) I I need you to think this through. It was a little easier for me because I didn't do all of this hanging out and stuff like that. Um, in North Carolina, I'd, I'd go to my football games, which I miss dearly. But from a social standpoint, I was a lone wolf. Still am. I just do a lot of shit by myself. My family was very, very minimal. Um, you know, I talked to my moms, my sister and my nephew, but all of my other extended family, they uh, they don't do shit for me and I don't do shit for them. So it was <laughs> easy to leave. Yeah. You know, that's cool. After uh, the smartphone photographer thing didn't you get a gig with tech republic or one of those sites yeah tech republic hit me up uh mr jason heiner and mr bill detweiler i'm forever in debt to them because they just continued to open more doors for me yeah that's Um, cool man you know it it was i tell people don't sleep on linkedin because i've gotten a lot of work from linkedin a lot of my freelance shit come from from linkedin and uh, that that right there was was a LinkedIn connection and it just grew from there. And like I said, they opened more doors and just allowed me to continue to grow and allowed me to. Um, they got me my first shot on Twit because um, Megan Maroney saw one of my articles on Tech Republic and reached out to me. And she was like, would you like to be on Tech News Weekly to discuss your article? And I was like, what? OK, sure. <laughs> That's cool. That was always kind of like our collective like hopes and dreams was to like one day work for the Twit Network, you know, when we were all mm-hmm. doing podcasts and shit. Like that was always like the just yep. so out of reach goal that like, well, this is cool what we're doing, but what if we were doing it for them? Like, God, yep. that would be awesome. And you did it, man. Yep. That's so fucking cool to see. <laughs> it's crazy. I like still your dream in life, myself. you actually fucking straight up accomplished. Like where you wanted yeah, to I- be, you're there. Yeah, I tell people every day that I am living and working my dream. So you're not going to hear me complain. Uh, I I have no reason to complain about it because uh, it, it was stuff that I've dreamed of. And quite frankly, I busted my ass for it, too. You know, there's a lot of a lot of nights of working a little bit longer on post processing. Yep. You know, just just to try to refine it and, and learn shit and read in tutorials and sacrificing family time and which was whoo a total shit storm i could have done way better with family time <laughs> nah um, shit he still does it's all good <laughs> <laughs> you know and it's still a work in progress i'm still trying to do better about it because i love them dearly and um 
I do all of this for them. And my my pretty much uh, mission statement to them every day is, you know, if I'm winning, y'all are winning. So stick with me and, and we're going to be fine. So stay out of my way and let me win. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, man. So how's the how's the quarantine life treating you? You guys are working from home, I see. Yeah, um, we are considered essential, believe it or not, because we're media. But the Laporte family, they jumped on it early and was like, hell no, we (laughs) we're going to keep everybody away. We don't want to get Mr. Leo sick or anybody else sick. So they pretty early, they started putting in measures on, you know, staying away from the studio. Nice. And now I go in there pretty much once a week. I go in there like on Thursdays or something. Because you can do like, I mean, anyone can do podcasts and stuff from their house. But once you see what Twit does as far as their production quality, like you can't Mm -hmm. really move that gear to your house without, you know, completely doing some renovations and shit. Like they have a proper TV studio, basically. Yeah, it's a it's a straight up studio um, with TriCasters and all kinds of shit in there. A uh, bunch of cameras. I don't even know how many cameras are in that studio around the, the ceiling. Did and, that um, shit blow your mind when you first did that that TNT show and you were just like, "Holy fuck, this is like CNN." <laughs> dude, but and but see the thing is like when you do Tech News Weekly as a guest, when they called you up, they pretty much just call you through Skype. Oh, okay, and, that wasn't in the studio. Uh-uh. I got that you. was that was through Skype. But then my first time walking into the studio and seeing it, it's not terribly big, but it's big enough. And there's one, two, three. There's at least four different sets inside of that studio. And they just make it work. Um, And like I said, there's cameras everywhere. There's lights everywhere. There's mics everywhere. And and, and it's just a freaking machine, dude. You walk in there, it really blows your mind. You'll see it and you'll appreciate it because you know what it's like to sit at your edit bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're making your music, you have all of your tools right there. You have your monitors, you have your stereo monitors and your mics. And you know what it takes just for your desk to run run pretty smoothly. Now, think about that from the standpoint of, you know, so many extra cameras out there, so many extra mics out there, so many extra lights that you have to control. Yeah. You know, so when you see it, you'll appreciate it. But most people are like, wow, you know, well, it's a TV studio. Yeah. And I'm like, no, there's more than that. (laughs) (laughs) It's a content creating machine. I mean, like when we were doing multiple shows, it was literally just swap a backdrop out because it was on video and then go, you know, and then editing. It's just different intros and shit. But this is like full on sets and everything. It's cool. Yeah, I, I love it, and it, it's it's fun being a part of it. Um, but it's just one of those things where you walk in there, and you know, if you're part of this team, you're gonna be you're gonna be working. This ain't no vacation. They're in there, and they take that shit very very seriously. It's only about I don't think it's thirty of us on the team all together, and that's hosts, engineers, um, office people, and editors you know I, I don't think it's 30 so i mean it's small but everybody in there is pulling their weight and then some and they take it very very seriously and when i hear people doing podcasts um 
or no, when I hear people wanting to start a podcast, quote unquote, you probably hear this shit all the time too. Yeah, it's been a lot mm-hmm. of that lately. <laughs> yeah. I, want, I want to start a podcast and I tell them, yeah, it's easy to do, but if you want to do it right, it's going to take a lot of work. Yeah. You know, anybody can sit down and record themselves or a group of people speaking into a microphone. Anybody can do that. You can just use your freaking phone to do yeah. that. But the stuff that comes after that, the post-production stuff, to the distribution, that's a lot of work, let alone the prep work that goes into it to do the research. Um, if you want to have a subject matter or, or anything like that, if you interview with somebody, um, it's, a, it's a lot of hours and people don't quite get that. Yeah, it's one thing to just read off a wiki, but then to actually like understand and regurgitate that information in your own way <laughs> and and have a grasp on what you're actually telling people. Like it's it's definitely a lot of prep, a lot of work, especially if it's something you're not as familiar with as as other things. Even down to like I listened to you and this was the previous episode of the Jam Hole that I listened to. Um where you were basically letting everybody know this is your show. <laughs> <laughs> I have to do that from time to time, yes. Hilarious conversation, but you mentioned something in there that a lot of people don't quite get, and it's quite a nuance when it comes to podcasting. You taught yourself how to run the show while it's recording. You know when to put the brakes in. You know when to lead the people you're talking to down a certain road. That, that shit doesn't just come right on the first day of hit and record. Unless you know, it's DJ, you can't keep her on track for shit. Yeah, <laughs> we try. But yeah, you can always you can always get a good beat on someone when they start sweating. Keep going down that path because something go. something good's gonna be in there. <laughs> That's the good. You start picking up on those little micro expressions and shit. You're like, oh, that made him uncomfortable. Let's see what for else real. is in there. <laughs> for real, for real. You know, and and my other show, uh, Focus on Photography, it got canceled. Unfortunately, but you know, that's a business business decision and it is what it is. But I remember my development of that show. I knew I wanted to interview people and talk about the different uh, photography related news of the week, if you will. But when I interviewed people, I didn't want it to be an interview. I wanted it to be a conversation. And the people that I got lined up for guests, I let them know right off the bat. I'm not going to ask you the same damn question that everybody has already asked you, because a photographer, the last question you should ask a photographer is, when did you start shooting? What kind of that camera are you using? <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that it don't matter anymore. Go down, go down a different road and, and bring up something a little more conversational, something that people can relate to. And that was my approach, which meant it took a lot more research on those people to figure out what makes them tick besides being able to click the shutter just at the right time, you know? Yeah, it's a very personal thing, definitely. And I think being able to get that out of people, I think they definitely appreciate it. They may not realize it at the time, but when they go back, they're like, man, that was a good conversation. It wasn't just like, mm-hmm. oh, you have a new book coming out. Cool. What's the name of it? Oh, cool. Why did you write it? Oh, cool. Very interesting. <laughs> like, the you get worst. to the core of who they are. And like, that that's always way more interesting, at least to me, than like just what they're peddling. And I, I went through that a lot with the weed show. We stopped doing the jam hole for a bit and I focused more on the hot box because I was in yep. the weed industry. And then 
all of a yep. sudden I had all of these companies like sending me PR emails and being like, Hey, yep. this CEO wants to talk about their great new thing. And at first I was yep. like, Oh cool. I fucking accepted every single one of them. It got to and a point where, yeah. And I was just like, all right, I started seriously. Like I don't get many of these anymore, but I started replying to them all. I was like, cool, we can do that. It's 500 bucks per interview. You can PayPal me, let me know. And like nine times out of 10, they came back and they're like, oh, our rich CEO doesn't have a budget for that. And it's like, well, cool. You're not going to use my platform to peddle your shit anymore. Like it was fun for a while, but you start getting the same shit. And then it's just like, all right, that's not why I got into this. So it's it's definitely fun. What's up, man? You know, and and so many people will fall down that pit hole that you almost fell down and get <laughs> stuck because they'll, they'll start to feel like I got to do this because it's the only way I'm going to create content. Yeah. And people forget, man, your, your time has value. Your creativity has value. So own that shit and own your rate, whatever your rate is. If you're, if you are just willing to give up 10 minutes that's it. That's all you're giving them. Ten minutes. Yeah. If you're willing to give up half an hour for a, you know a, a thirty dollar rate, whatever, own it. Just just understand you got some value there, and and just work with that, and make the other people that are wanting to be on your show understand. Yeah, I got value here, dude. Yeah, <laughs> and and don't get me wrong. I'm under zero delusions that an interview is worth five hundred dollars. What it was was a high <laughs> enough number to make me want to do it, and a, a high enough mm-hmm. number that they probably wouldn't. So then I wouldn't have to. But if I had to, it would be worth my time. Exactly. But and some of them always exactly. come back with like, "Well, let's see some analytics and how many views does it get." I'm like, oh, "I don't keep track of any of that." I get like the best yeah. replies back. You don't. Well, how do you know who's listening? Like, well, I can see the downloads, but you don't need to know that. (laughs) Right. And then the thing is, Matt, there's tools out there that they can get all those analytics if they really want it. I'm sure. It's all, it's all run. (laughs) Blueberry does like the majority of what I've seen, like for podcast statistics, everyone seems to, if they're not hosted through them, they're just running analytics through them because they have a a good free Mm -hmm. service for that shit. But Yep. Yeah, it, it's it's a whole game, just like anything else. I just I got kind of burned out on it, and then work started picking up, and then I just was like, "All right, well, got to focus on this now." <laughs> yeah, I I don't look at stats. I quit looking at stats years ago because it was it was giving me anxiety and stress that I didn't really need, um, and it was taken away from actually doing the work. Yeah, and well, when I started just letting the stats go that's when things started to change for me at least in my opinion yeah i have to look at it a little more now because this is how i pay my bills right um but even even to that standpoint i've you know i've told my employer i i'll look at the stats and downloads here and there but it's a lot better if i don't it's a lot better if i just put my head down and create the shit and just do what you do huh just do what you do and just be. Yeah. You know, I got to do better with marketing and stuff like that. And I don't have a problem with that because that's pretty much how I hate saying it like this got to where I am with self-promotion. That's the only way I've always felt like I got to be my biggest cheerleader because ain't nobody else going to be a cheerleader. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and just doing that gets other people excited about it, though. You're an exciting cat. Yeah. Like, watching your content, it gets people excited about this stuff. And I, I feel like we, we almost fell into a little of that with the new domain. And uh, when we were doing the... Uh, the thing for HTC, like Breaking Modern, I think it was called, but we were ending yeah. up having to write for the click instead of for ourselves or for people. We were just like writing for clicks. Yeah. And when you start doing that, your content definitely takes a turn for the worst, I feel like, because yeah. it's it's just, it's robotic. There's nothing yep. of substance there. You're I was just going to say clicks. robotic. That was like robo. <laughs> That's what mm-hmm. I was about to say. Pretty much. And I can remember looking at that stuff and thinking now there is a nuance with having search engine optimization. You know, I get that. But at the same time, put that shit in your voice, put that in Matt's voice, yeah. put it in my voice, you know, and, and it'll make a difference. Um, I just recently went through uh, a, a project and, and when I looked back at it before I put it out, actually, I didn't even put it out. I looked at it and I was like, this sounds nothing like me. <laughs> Who is not- this imposter? You know, and and bullshit comes through way more than um, people being genuine. You know, people can tell when you're bullshitting. And the last thing I need is to get more trolls about me bullshit. <laughs> so I, I just said, nope, I'm not going to do it. And I scrapped it and deleted it <clears throat> because I needed to sound like my voice. Um, I get excited about things. But I am not the most exciting person, if you will, air quotes. If you think of like the YouTube culture or the influencer culture, a lot of those cats sound exactly the same. Yeah, they're real fast edits and cuts and like how they put their video together and the way they it's 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 annoying for me. I see the appeal to it for the younger generations like they like that real fast transition kind of shit. But yeah, I can't I can't watch that shit. (laughs) It's just like it's way too too jittery, I think, for me. And and the thing is, um, some of those influencers are talented but the majority of them, I don't think they are. Um, but that's just the, sh- the stuff that sells and they get right in there at the right time and get lucky and get, you know, a couple eyeballs and boom, they blow up. Yep. But I've also said that I don't ever want to be viral because eventually a virus gets gets smashed and, and snuffed out and it's done, mm-hmm. you know. I'd rather have some longevity, you know, just give me something that's going to be evergreen and people are going to talk about five years from now. And that's, it's not a lot of that out there. There's a lot of viral stuff and then you just sort of forget about it in a month. Yeah. It's literally content in the moment. Like that's all it is. It's, it's a a bunch of real quick views. It's a quick fix for those addicts and then it's over (laughs) and then you forget about it and the public awareness forgets about it. And then they wait for that next viral thing. See, you know, like right now, we're, we're sitting here doing the jam hole and you have me, Aunt Pruitt. I'm the biggest Clemson fan, probably the only Clemson Tiger fan that you know. Right. Yep. You you should probably throw all kinds of SEO in there about Aunt Pruitt, Tiger King, yada, yada, yada. yada. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, man, I know exactly what you're saying. But what's that going to what is that going to look like two years from now? You know, will that entice people to click on this discussion two years and now? That depends. Is the Tiger King president in two years? Right. 
Bro, have you shit, watched that shit? He might be. Oh my god. <laughs> That guy. Yeah, but that's is, just how oof. I approach things, man. I'm like, look, if, if I'm going to put my images out, I'm going to put my tutorials out, and I'll try to keep them somewhat timely. But it, uh, the the main goal is to make it to where people can come back and look at them. I'm going to have some product reviews, and product reviews get old after a while because that's mm-hmm. just the nature of it. But the majority of the stuff, I'm just trying to keep it evergreen. That's cool. I, I got to do a lot of that SEO stuff uh, when I was I was writing for a website called Stuff Stoners Like, and it got to yep. the, the point where he would just once a week, he'd give me five topics and then he'd give me the keywords in, in order of most popular to least popular. And then he'd say, here, write 500 to 800 words using these keywords from greatest to least and make it sound like, you know, a person. And I was like, Oh, this is cool. It was like a puzzle to me. And like, when Mm -hmm. I stopped doing that, I kind of took all of that knowledge of, of how the SEO bots and everything work. And I started applying it to sweet piece of glass. I'm like, all right, what are people that want to buy this kind of American made glass? Like, what are they searching for? So I started going through search Mm -hmm. trends and stuff. And I found all of these different phrases and search terms that people were using. And I just started making content around it and it makes a tremendous difference whether or not they're like human eyes reading it or or bots reading it it translates into sales because somebody will google something they'll find your article they'll find your site and then they'll be like Mm -hmm. oh he's actually selling that piece of quartz i need or this pendant that i want or this marble or whatever Mm -hmm. so true dude gotta do it gotta pay the bills I so, look at your photography and I'm like, man, this dude is killing it. Just soft box and the beautiful lighting and the beautiful reflections just right. Like a perfect little key light on it. I'm like, damn, look at Matt. Look, look, <laughs> look at this. This is a nice box. I've gone through a couple different photo boxes before I found the one that I'm currently using. And uh, it's it's been fun, though. I definitely I, I appreciate the the subtle art of like getting the lighting right. And it, it's really something that like. Uh, it, it gets you into that flow state almost where you just kind of check out and you let your brain just do what it wants to do. And you're just like in a, in a nice meditative like state, but you're, you're getting shit done. It's, it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Writing uh, and making beats mm-hmm. lately have also done that for me. Now with you and your music, cause I want to pick your brain about this a little bit. <clears throat> cause I know you take this shit quite seriously. <laughs> um, been watching the evolution of hip hop on Netflix over the last couple of months or whatever, because I don't binge watch anything because I have a life to be busy. So I keep myself busy. Except Tiger King. Been watch the fuck out of that. You know, hold on, hold on, hold on. All right, hold on, hold on. I'm going to cut that off right now. I'll come back to my first question. Let's talk about this Tiger King thing. I've watched one episode. And that's the last one I'm going to watch. Oh, damn. Nope. That shit, dude, I'm I'm watching that the other day and he's got the, the one woman that's that's against him, quote unquote, um, you know, as far as animal rights and things like that. And when you look at it, she's doing the exact same shit. Yeah. The, the animals are in a cage. Yeah. <laughs> and and then I and then I looked at it a little closer. I was like, OK, Netflix is filming this documentary. Netflix has been throwing money left and right for for content. These dumbass people have gotten a huge payday and I'm contributing to it. No, I'm done. 
It's tigers and meth, bro. I mean, it's tigers and meth. How can you not be hooked on that? (laughs) No, no, no. It's about like the whole honey boo boo phenomenon. Yeah, it it does have dumbass people that haven't done any kind of real work, in my opinion, to earn that kind of payday. So no, it's very much a soap opera type thing, in my opinion. I mean, and all the real work is done by the people feeding the tigers. But yeah, I, I, I feel That's what you're it. saying. It's like a honey boo-boo for everyone. And it hit at just the right time where everyone was at home. Netflix even went down, I think, like a week before that because of all the traffic yeah. they were getting when the quarantine first started. Um, That's right. And I, I think, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't think it would have been as big as it was had that virus not made everyone be at home and like, be bored like people at first they didn't know what to do they're like all right we're just gonna watch everything on netflix you know and like it just blew up from there it was crazy you see instagram meme pages being made with like 50 100 followers that much energy into that brand and they don't they don't deserve it it's not even a brand it's just some dude in jail because of nothing tigers (laughs) it's some bullshit it's just they they don't deserve that much energy from me and I like that. And you're I'm probably that, the you know? only person that feels that way, but I fucking like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's so much other stuff on Netflix to watch. I mean, you can go back and just watch old episodes of Cheers. I don't care. Yeah. Something. I've been there's watching better stuff out there. Designated Survivor lately. And I'll tell you what, if Kiefer Sutherland ran for president, I'd vote for that guy. I liked him in go. 24 <laughs> as an agent, and I like him in this show as the president. He's got my vote. Brilliant. <laughs> so back to the music thing. You were before I interrupted. Right, so the you. music thing. Watching the evolution of hip hop, and a lot of the stuff I already knew, um, but it was just still fun to watch it. And my boys are teenagers now. Um, still don't quite know their age. One's going to the twelfth grade, whenever the school year finishes, and the other one's going to the ninth grade. And so they listen to their hip hop, air quotes, hip hop and rap of today. And most of it drives me nuts because it's just someone yelling into a mic kind of thing. There's no story. There's no composition. Um, People put some beats together and sometimes the beats sound good, but most of the time they don't in my ear. And so I sat down with my boy yesterday and I brought up RZA in the the Wu-Tang. Nice. And um, I brought up um, Compton's Most Wanted from back in the days. Because there's two different contrasting styles. Mm-hmm. But if you sit down and listen, like Compton is the most wanted was some insane gangster rap. That's all they knew. But if you were to break the beat down, you get a bass line, you got a couple loops, you'd have an interlude. They were even clever enough to throw in cellos and piano mm-hmm. interludes and violins and shit like that in gangster rap. Okay. Right. And it, and it and it sounded beautiful, just brilliant. Then you take the RZA and his his method of just grabbing multiple samples from different albums and twisting those samples around and just sort of layering it and layering it and layering it until you got whatever track that he came up with. People don't really seem to be doing stuff like that now. So then I go and I listen to your album and I hear all those elements (laughs) that I just talked about, you know. And I wanted to ask you about it. Like, what do you think of the approach of musicianship today versus the people that are just yelling into a mic? Well, there's there's like two two groups. Like one of them is just trying to be that next big SoundCloud rapper 
trying to get rich, trying to get a deal. And then there's the other okay. groups, which is what I tend to listen to more, which is like Spose, Chris Webby, Sage Francis, uh, that kind of shit, where it's like they're all independent artists doing their own thing for themselves, but they're really good at it, really talented. They've honed their skill to a point where they're now like doing really big shows, or they were before we got quarantined, <laughs> which yeah, hit yeah. everybody hard. I've been seeing a lot of people using Patreon to do... Uh, their concerts basically from home. They set up their stage at home and they do it because yeah. that's like 85 to 90% of some of these artists income that's is like dope, their though. tour like year. That. You know, I respect that though. Yeah. That, it's a hard hustle for sure. But like to have your whole tour planned out and to know, okay, I'm going to go this many spots. I'm going to get this much money. I got all my bills covered. And then to have that all just disappear like that's definitely rough. You don't have a day job to fall back on. Like that's that's fucking that sucks for sure. But like mm-hmm. as far as like making the beats and stuff, like a lot of my earlier stuff is my brother making them. Like the yeah. Plan B is all him. Yeah, uh, Mark's good. Project Smoke a lot was <laughs> Rob Sonic, who's uh, part of Hail Mary Mallon, and then my brother also, and then uh, Project LD Fifty and uh, the Polici was also my brother, and like. He listens to a lot of that. He's a vinyl DJ, so he has all of these records. And basically, mm-hmm. when I get a chance to go to Montana, like we just lock ourselves in his studio for like three days and pretty just much. Yeah, pretty make much. samples, That's exactly what make happened. beats, try and <laughs> at least finish a song and then get a bunch started mm-hmm. so that when I leave, he can send them to me and then I can write them. Uh, and then he's actually been the one that's been making me like write better because he's like, all right, that sounds cool, but like rewrite it just delete it and start oh, that's and just and everybody like, needs that. i never done that before i'm like all right i get everybody to this point needs that shit dude I'm and it's done right but then he's like no it's not done though i'm like well when is it ever done because he he's he's kind of the opposite where he'll start a ton of stuff and he'll finish like one or two because nothing's ever good enough to be finished i'm just like get him out there like let's move on to the next one who cares like just make it and he he's made me like slow down and be like all right that's cool, but like it can be better. I'm like, yeah, but then it would take more <laughs> yeah, time. But- Let's just go to the next one. He's like, no, stop. Let's st- get this one like to where I'm happy with it. And I'm like, all right, you're never mm-hmm. going to be happy with it, but here we go. And it did. It made a huge difference. If you go back and listen to like the earlier stuff compared to like Plan B, there's like a huge. And granted, there's there's a lot of time in there that I've been like writing and and all that. But like as far as my going back and like fixing a bunch of stuff that I didn't think needed to be fixed. It's definitely huge Mm -hmm. to have that extra set of ears. That's like, all right, that was whack. Like you sound stupid, say it differently or something (laughs) like that. Everybody needs that person. Um, at one point, a buddy, Dan Patterson was that person for me. Uh, I'd write something out and I don't know how many times I saw the word chop. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. chop 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 cut it chop chop that was his favorite word because he was like you can do better than this cut this shit out nice. you know and you cut it down and it, it was so much more concise and, and and um directed if you will you know so the message came out and it was no ambiguity to it you know and then even here at twit because i've been working on some things and i have to write my little show descriptions and things like that each and every week. And there's been times where our marketing guy will look at it and he'd pull me, dude, you're better than this. And he will slash, you know, 
And he doesn't do it all the time. You just every now and then he'll spot check something for me. That's and good, though. We definitely need that because we think everything we make is perfect. And, <laughs> and how could it be edited any yeah. better? Like, we need that outside. I think Gina Smith, uh, that we were working mm-hmm. it with a new domain, at, uh, she was the first one I ever heard it from that, like, yo, everybody needs an editor. Like, no matter how yeah. good you think you are, everybody, literally everybody yeah. needs an editor. Yeah. You know, she I've, was I've right. been working on this new show that officially went out yesterday. Um, but it's going to be announced tomorrow on the Sunday show. Uh, and it's called hands on wellness. So I had to write some scripts. Um, this is one you're normally hosting. I, yeah, it's going to be my show. Nice. Um, normally I don't do scripts cause I don't want to read teleprompter, but I needed to get out of my comfort zone and start working on writing more scripts and start reading the teleprompter more. And Prior to this show going out, I had to do some dry runs and practice and stuff like that, writing the script. And my script was short, but man, that thing was rewritten a gazillion times, you know, because I'd send it over and people was like, no, that don't sound right. No, fix that. You're better than that. That don't sound like you. No, that don't even sound like the topic. You know, it's just (laughs) these aren't even words in English. What the fuck are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just brutally, brutally honest. But we all need that stuff, man. And it was a period during that time where I'd get pissed off because I'm like, "Ah, damn, I know I can write, you know, and I had to think of it. I was like, I never really had this much of a uh editing team coming at me about it but (laughs) there's a reason that company is where they are yeah exactly so trust the shit trust the process you know i ain't gonna sit here and say these are all rosy times for us because this virus is affecting the company um but we're still kicking it you know we're still going so just keep trusting the process you know yeah it's that shit applies to pretty much anything like even when when i was younger snowboarding like you never got better unless you rode with people better than you like that was really you would top out at whatever you were going to top out at doing what you were doing but until you rode with other people like you never really could make it to that next level you know yep that's cool so when is your next album Next one, we're working on it right now, actually. I've got probably 40 beats that I've just (laughs) been like putting together. I'm not going to use all of them, but I'm going back through them now and starting to write. Uh, Yesterday was the first time I actually stopped writing and went back to making a a beat. So I got that finished this morning. Um, But yeah, I'm just trying to go back through them and get enough for like a good 35, 40 minute album. And then I've been, I don't know if you notice on plan B, there's this cat named cheese, big cheese who raps on a couple of those tracks with me and sings on one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've Mm -hmm. been working on a, an album with him and he just like, like I've got all my stuff wrote (laughs) and I'm literally Mm -hmm. just waiting for him. (laughs) It's not even funny. Yeah. But it's good though. Cause what he writes, he's, he does it well. And I just, I like to get it done and go fast. And so I think while I'm waiting on him to do his verses, I'm going to just do one of my own with my own beats. Cause I've never done that before. I just started making beats for myself like this year. So I'm trying to, get enough of those together that I can then uh, make make an actual album that I produced and that I rapped on and that nobody told me to go back and rewrite. So 
<laughs> now, 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 these beats that you're creating, the, the chops that you got from that come from just listening to Mark and watching him flow or how yeah, did you come about and, that? And then my friend Bob, he's got like Ableton and Machine and a Korg keyboard. He's He went to school for audio design. So a lot of that okay. comes from like. And he is anal as fuck. Yeah. Like tripping well, out. He should be if he went to school for it. Yeah, be. definitely. I don't think he's ever finished a fucking beat. Like he deletes <laughs> everything. It's when we pretty lived with tremendous. him, like he, he'd like do shit and you'd be like, oh, that's awesome. And then the next day you're like, someone comes over and you're like, oh, dude, Bob, play that shit. Oh, I deleted it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a perfectionist. He he would be the guy that if I was going to play like Madison Square Garden, I would want Bob running the sound for that show because he's so yeah. good technical. Uh, he worked in the lab with me in Washington and was just like super on point with learning everything and like knowledgeable enough to make improvements and like fix shit that broke. Like he's a really technically minded guy like that. So I definitely mm-hmm. got mm-hmm. a lot of that from him. And then just like... I bought a machine micro a long time ago. I let a friend of mine here use it. And then I was like, all right, I think I'm going to try this again since I have some time. And uh, I just kind of went on YouTube, watched some tutorials. I uh, watched some finger drummers. That's a thing now, finger drumming. Mm-hmm. Shout out <laughs> Doc mm-hmm. Brass. He's uh, one of the ones I follow. He's got a Patreon that he does tutorials on if you uh, subscribe to it. So I took all of that and then just kind of started what I hear in my head. Like I'm always drumming my hands and shit. I never sit still. So it's cool to mm-hmm. put some pads under it with some sounds. And I'm I'm just using like my machine micro. And I told myself that if I made and actually finished 10 beats, then I would buy the bigger machine studio that does more. But I'm to the point where I'm doing everything on this small one. And I don't know. I don't know if I want to take up all that space on my desk (laughs) with a bigger, bigger piece of equipment that does basically what this one is doing. And I think there's a a beauty in that as far as your own personal growth and this becoming more and more professional growth for you is being able to do more with less. Yeah. You know, you've been doing this shit all your life. You've been doing more with less all your life from at least from what I know from you. So why stop now? And it's cool too. Like usually my brother will make the beat and then I'll write to it and I'll send him the vocals and then he'll like do all the mixing and stuff. And if I think of something I want changed or anything, it's like, it's, it's a thing. I got to like hit him up and be like, Hey, remember this beat and like find it. And then I'm like, all right, here, like a minute and a half in on the one, I need the kick removed. Like it's so much nicer just to me be able to open my machine software and do it while I'm writing it. And I've never experienced that before. For like just being able nice. to sculpt the beat you make the beat first you write to it, and then you go back and rearrange parts of the beat to go around certain things and phrases that you're saying and it's it's a lot more fun for me i think like being able to play it's another puzzle aspect to it there's a book that i read i put in air quotes read because i do audio books i don't read books i struggle with that <laughs> me um timbaland me too <laughs> timbaland you know timbaland yeah. right He's got a master class on uh, master classes uh, about production oh. and beats and stuff. I also almost paid the hundred bucks to also get. Also known as a sponsor. Are they? Oh, yeah, nice. That's a sponsor. Ma- masterclass.com slash hop. There you that's, go. Again, masterclass.com slash hop. They nice. sponsor my show. Well, now I have um, to get that, that class. And so I can use your, <laughs> your link. Use that link, damn it. Use Hell that yeah. link. <laughs> there you go. Aunt. You um, just gave him an excuse. But he's... <laughs> But he, he's got a um he's yeah, he does have that master class, but his book is called The Emperor of Sound. 
And again, some of the stuff. Are you I looking knew that shit up right him, now, Matt? Oh no. Okay. Huh? No, I was writing down his masterclass link, so when I get it, I can use it and put it in the show notes. Yep. Thank you. Masterclass.com slash hop. Um but his 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 show his book is called The Emperor Sound. And some of the stuff I already knew about him just because uh, I, I followed hip hop. But the nuance that he has where he's able to come up with beats and, and, and stuff because of just random sounds in his head. And he talked about in some of the songs where uh, you'd hear a crackle in a beat and it would be him cracking his knuckles into the <laughs> microphone nice. and you turn it into a loop. And he's talked about growing up and his mom just encouraged it. And I don't know about you, but in a black household, you were always told, stop making noise. <laughs> you know, when you were a kid, shut up, you're making too much noise. His mom encouraged it. He used to just tap on a glass, tap on a pot and just figure out the different sounds. And it just grew from there. And that's what he applies when he's doing his um, doing his beats now. Uh, even back when Missy Elliott and him got popular, all of that stuff was the same fundamental of him figuring out what this sound is supposed to uh, mimic, if you will, as if he didn't really have a drum. You know, you just use random sounds and the shit's brilliant <laughs> when he layers it all together. Oh, yeah. I think that kind of a style is super cool. That's what me and Mark did on <clears throat> on the Polici. There's one track in there that is literally our audio clips from CES. You and me actually, yeah, yeah, cut yeah. Up There's and one with chopped me, and like that's a beat. He just made a beat out of it. <laughs> like there were no kicks, no snares in there. It was just vocalizations. But when you get into those individual sounds and you start applying filters and doing shit to them, split. like you can get a was kick. It called split something. Split something. Ah. Oh. Damn, I star, used to know it. Star scanning. Star scanning. Star scanning on the Polici yeah, album. That was exactly <laughs> the track, man. Yeah. All that in was one show. of my favorite albums from you, quite honestly, Matt. I, I enjoyed that one. It was half hip hop and half my brother's EDM, and he made all the beats. Yeah. Like, that was really the first one me and him worked together together on making an album. Like, I, I enjoyed that. That one was good, and this last one was good. Plan B was pretty good, too, with... Uh, what I like about Plan B is how topical a lot of the stuff was. Yeah. Um, I remember there was one song on there, and I'm thinking, man, he should have put this put this as like part of the soundtrack to that TV show Silicon Valley. <laughs> All right. It would have been perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I wrote most of that when I first got to Eureka. Like, I got this job offer, moved down there, we got a place and everything, and then the, uh, the girls were here. So it was a lot of just go to work right. and then get off work. I didn't really have much furniture, so I literally just sat there, smoked a bunch of weed at, at the island in the kitchen, <laughs> and fucking had my Chromebook up and just played these beats that Mark made and then just started writing <laughs> and like wrote probably 85% of that album just after work in, in my kitchen. <laughs> the first like month and a half of you being there, we were still in Montana. Yeah. Then we came here. Oh, y'all were in Montana? I yeah, they were on their, on their, on their, Montana. Oh gosh. I was on my like three month vacation to Montana. <laughs> Yeah, it was I, supposed to be like a month and a half, and then it just kept getting extended. Like, usually I yeah. go at the end of June. Instead, I went at the beginning of June because my nephew had his graduation. And then, like, I got sick on one of the days that I was supposed to take the train. 
And I was like, oh, grandpa's birthday's in like four days. I can't oh, miss gosh. that. And it just kept being something on something. The universe knew that there was going to be a lockdown and there were no more vacation. Vacations are canceled for the foreseeable future. <laughs> <laughs> so it just compounded Pretty my much. one and a half into just three. Just boom. Here's next year's two. Well, cool, man. You guys got enough supplies and everything. You all stocked up. You like doomsday preppered out or what? Uh, hell no. Um, <laughs> I still get up and I'll go to the store, uh, if we need to. Um, cause the way I shop for groceries or whatever, we pretty much just, you know, I eat a lot, so we're going to have a lot in here. <laughs> I got two boys. One of them eats a lot. So gotta have a lot in here. So we normally have enough in here. And, um, the grocery store that I go to hasn't really been crowded. Nice. I'm not going to name it on air because so, I want to keep it that way. They have toilet paper. Um, go, go, go. <laughs> we still have toilet paper. We still have uh, paper towels and all of that stuff. So it, I haven't really sweat getting supplies or anything like that. Nice. The only thing that just really um, just gets me is just the, the mood. You know, I, I was telling somebody not too long ago when I go out to, to the store or just, just, you know, if I go to the studio, feels like we're living in that like a spinoff of the bird box movie. Yeah. It's just, it's got that somber kind of post-apocalyptic feel to it. Yeah. It's so weird, man. And and sometimes it, it, sometimes it hurts my heart when I think about it. And, and then there's other days I'm like, man, it's just, this it's just, this how it's going to be. This is it. Yeah. Forward. This is the new norm. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I'll have my little mask. They, they gave us those N95 mask. Um, nice to keep us safe in the office or whatever. Um, and I'll walk through Walmart or something, you know, cause that's where I'll get some food from too every now and then. And it's crazy to walk through Walmart and it's like people have force fields around them. Yeah. Me being a large black man, I'm sort of used to a force field being around <laughs> me. But it's crazy seeing, <laughs> it's crazy seeing, you know, everybody else have these little imagination force fields as they're walking through the aisles. It's, it's, it's a weird world, man. Aunt Pruitt slightly less offended when people cross the street to walk on the opposite side now. <laughs> like, oh, I get it. No, it's quarantine. I get it. Yeah, we're good now. <laughs> we're good I get now. it. <laughs> I get it. Oh, man. That's awesome, man. I'm glad you're doing well down there, and that's super cool. You're working for Twit. Like, you're, you're definitely killing it down there. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. it it's, uh, it's been a, a journey and it's it's not over, dude. I, just I'm, I'm happy, but I'm not, I'm not satisfied. You know, I want to continue to grow this and continue to grow the Twit empire and be a part of it. You know, what are your goals down there for, for working at Twit just to like have your own 10 shows that you host or do you want to do more behind the scenes stuff or like, what's your, what's your ideal spot? It's a little bit of both because uh, I'm a I'm a jack of all trades personality kind of thing. Um, you know, my IT side of the world, I did a little bit of everything when I was in IT. I was in management, hated it. I was turning things off and stuff. on again. I was rebooting <laughs> things. I was pulling plugs on <laughs> things and replugging them in. <laughs> right. Networking stuff and then QA stuff and database stuff. And I mean, I did a lot of lot of stuff and but it, it it made me valuable i never got laid off or stuff like that because i i, I had value and i want to continue to be that way with twit and be a little bit a little bit more involved with some of the 
uh, post-production stuff and um, engineering side of things. And they've granted me the opportunity to step in on some of the engineering stuff when I want to. Nice. Nice. Um, you know, I'm not doing it right now because of all of the social distancing. We have to stay six feet apart, you know, and stuff like that. And But they've, they've said, yeah, if you want to do more stuff with the uh, engineering stuff, yeah, be my guest. You know, but the main thing is to make sure my show is properly produced and my show is growing each and every week. And this new show now is, is going to be the same thing. It's just make sure it's produced well and make sure that it's growing and getting all of the folks downloading hands on wellness and hands on photography. <laughs> Hell yeah. And that new show starts next week, you said? Uh, the first one is actually already submitted, um, but it, you probably won't see it until tomorrow, Sunday or Monday because of how the aggregators work. It seems like it takes 48 hours. You know that. Yeah. Um, when you when you submit a podcast, it takes about 48 hours before it starts hitting the catchers. Um, but, yeah, it's officially launched and it's hands on wellness. I'm going to be talking about um, tech you know, to help you with personal wellness and fitness. Not going to be having people out there doing pull-ups and push-ups and shit, you know, even though you should. But, you know, we are a tech network, so I need to make sure there's a tech angle. I've been reviewing a bunch of stuff over the last couple weeks. Heck, actually, the last couple months now. And I've just been trying to build the content and get ready to go. Nice. Just get one of those pull-up bars and like read the screen, like what you have going on while you're doing <laughs> shit, and be like, "Yeah, you should be like this." But let's talk about this. <laughs> I've been seeing a lot of like good fail videos from that because people are at home trying to like exercise, and this one dude was doing one-arm pull-ups on his pull-up bar, but he was like jumping kind of every time. And the last time he did oh, it, no. he jumped up, and the thing came unhooked, and he just went down. It was yep. so bad. Yep. That shit there, man. It, it's funny, but not funny. Shit's funny till it happens to are, you. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's, I look at it because I look at this, this pandemic stuff with fitness the same way I look at January 1st every year with mm -hmm. fitness. You know, I go to the gym and for the last several years, I quit going to the gym during the month of January. Because it's pointless. It's flooded, right? It's super crowded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super crowded. I can't get my stuff done in a timely manner. So I just stopped going. So I essentially have four weeks off at the beginning of the year. And when I go back in February, it's usually much <laughs> better. There's nobody, <laughs> <laughs> there's nobody in there. And I got a hunch. That's what's going on right now with everybody now being sheltered in place for the last two weeks. Um, people are trying to buy this gadget and that gadget when all they really need to do is just start by taking a walk um, or just walking the stairs. If you have stairs in your home, I tell everybody, walk your stairs 10 times. Let me know how you feel. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, people used to ask me for, you know, workout plans and shit like that all the time. My workout I got plan tired is of called doing giving it. my kid timeouts. Huh? Then I have to go up the stairs yes. to her room and back down and then back up yep. and back down. 
Time out. It'll wear you out. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I'm lucky I work in a a pretty big facility. So my day, I get my 10,000 steps and no problem just going from room to room, back and forth all day. And that's a lot of work. It is. I never realized it until I got this smartwatch that my mom got me for Christmas and it like counts your steps and shit. And I'm like, holy fuck. I walk like three or four miles a day just at work. Yeah. And that's why you're that's why you're so lean. That's right. <laughs> that's why my camera's off. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, man, thanks for joining us. Dude. It was definitely awesome to, to catch up with you. I hope you guys stay well down there and we'll look forward to all of your awesome programming on the twit.tv. Yes, yes. I appreciate you having me on and I appreciate you supporting the show and plugging the show, man. It was so cool to see little Aurora's picture come in on the show. She oh, was man, pretty excited when she seen it. Yeah, too. we put that shit up on the Chromecast. So we were like, look, Ant's about to talk about your picture. <laughs> she was pretty stoked. I love it. Yeah, I really appreciate y'all, man. It means a lot because, like I said, right now, you know, the economy is all jacked up and stuff. And you guys know that the Twit Network is sponsor supported. And yeah. Uh, that that's how we pay our bills is, you know, we keep these sponsors happy and, and signing them up, but we got to have people listening to the show. So anybody right now listening to the jamhole.com hit subscribe to my show, go back and listen to the very first one. I promise you, if you didn't know squat about photography, you will. By the time you finish the last 24 episodes that I've recorded now, um, well, I think it's about 24. I don't know. Somewhere in that area. But you'll know a lot more and uh, it'll help you out. Yeah, it's definitely good shit. We've been checking them out. Definitely like the content. And then you got com still. You still point people there? Yeah, I still blog on there every nice. now and then. I, I try to put something up at least once a week. Um, and I have my prints there. If people want to order some prints for, of my photography, there's a spot there to order prints. Um, That's cool. Still working on merch. Uh, I made a couple t-shirt designs because people are asking about t-shirts, but that's a lot of work. It is. It is. <laughs> and then you like you order all the right sizes, but then it's never the right sizes. You're always left with a bunch of one size that nobody fucking wants. <laughs> it's like, all right. Right. Going to get these made to order next time. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much yeah it's a lot of work so but yeah i still put some stuff on that on antpro.com at least once a week hell yeah well, well we'll definitely be following you on on instagram and and all your twitch shows and stuff and uh yeah we'll we'll get you back on here uh sometime soon and we'll we'll do this chat again Next time have Ben show up too. I thought he was going to be on the mic. Uh, he too. was in the shower when we started. I think he had to go to work so Sides, oh, we only him. have two sets of headphones. I only right get now. days off when he goes to work, <laughs> 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 which has been a lot more lately. <laughs> Hell yeah. I love it, man. Well, it's, it's good talking to you, brother. Good talking to you, BJ. Yes, yes. Yep. Have a good day, man. You too. See you. See you later. Aunt Pruitt, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure to check out all the links at thejamhole.com. Check out twit.tv and look for Aunt Pruitt's shows. We'll have links to those in the show notes. And we'll talk to you next time.